Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rival's pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step to 53342. New York, call the 24-7 Hope Line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of The Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazney Lambray, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner, on the west side of Los Angeles, Ned Novila. What's going on, brother? How much, man? It's great to see you, as always. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I've actually been on my Nando shit. Globetrotting. Uh, was in Jamaica last weekend. Shouts to Roz and Jay. Beautiful wedding. Um, Just beautiful family vibes. Was great. Lots of Jamaican food. Just so much jerk chicken. Literally every single day. Sometimes twice a day. I ate jerk chicken out there. Fuck yeah. Um, and uh, tomorrow I will be on my way to Cartagena uh, for a quick little bachelor party with my boy Anthony. Who uh, Where are you is staying, dude? Married. You staying in the in the old town? I'm staying in the walled city. Yeah, yeah, I'm staying in there. Yeah, that seems to be like where uh, the most of the the, the westerners um, yeah. stay. So that's where we'll be. You know, lots of fun times in Cartagena. I look forward to having some amazing arepas. Uh, well, as you know, going, back in the day, I this was in the year 2010, I think. I think it was 2010. Yeah. I produced a Mark Anthony concert in the old city of Cartagena. You told me something about this. Yeah. That was a previous life, man. That was, a, you know, we're older. Waz and I are older than we look. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I know we look like, uh, you know, we're yeah, 25. Yeah, spring but... chickens, but we're not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, young whippersnapper, Nando. Uh, yeah. With Mark Anthony in Colombia, I can only imagine um, the shenanigans that went down over there. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was, I mean, it was really difficult. I mean, because it's like an old city. So imagine yeah, like it is building a stage. I mean, Mark Anthony's an A-lister. 
and he wanted, you know, the, you know, pyrotechnics like, and all kinds yeah. of crazy well, shit, <laughs> or just like sound systems that can sound yeah. good, and you right. know, and um, and so that was a fucking pain in the ass, but uh, but it was great, and it came off without a hitch once we did it, and that was cool. Shouts to Mark Anthony, Puerto Rican legend, um, just legend, just general. Uh, but yeah, today on today's show, I just wanted to just touch base with you about this like US China thing. Cause I'm telling you, I keep hearing more and more about China like every single day. Um, I'm not saying this is WMDs in Iraq type of shit. Uh, because yeah. clearly, like they can't go that reckless because they would just get their asses whooped within five seconds. But there's like a just feels like a constant drumbeat of we yeah. should feel like China is the the enemy. Um, and so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. But first, man, um, a while back, you sent me this Alex Press uh, article that she did for the Jacobin Mag. Um, shouts to our buddies over at Jacobin, Boshkar, and the whole crew uh, about the Teamsters Union um, negotiation, their collective bargaining agreement with UPS. Uh, Teamsters is... One of the last powerful trade unions that exist, as you guys know, um, I'm a former Teamster. Uh, and the coolest thing about reading this, Nando, which is funny, is that that's the UPS that I worked out of in oh, RC yeah? Brooklyn on 105th yeah. Street. Yeah, bro. Like, that was the coolest thing about um, reading that. Uh, and they talked about the joining the city and just generally, like, you, the biggest strike in America was the last UPS strike yep. um, that happened in, when was that, 1994? 19, 1996. 1996. Um, and yeah, this is huge, huge deal. Uh, UPS, as we all know, like pretty much so many other American corporations. You know what's so funny, Nando? Even in like the tech sector where it's like, oh, they're laying people off, blah, blah, blah. All of these companies are insanely profitable like oh yeah in, in like the, the amount of actual money that's being made at places like facebook and google is insane but whatever ups is making record profits um they're the they're the united states and global leader in um you know shipping and yeah their their workers want a new contract and these guys are ready to strike for it like these these aren't some newbies right these guys are dyed in the wool Union guys. And, you know, I think the piece did a good job of explaining the sort of tier of UPS employee. I was that part of that bottom rung in the warehouse. I was in the sword aisle, which um, to just give you a brief explanation, somebody unloads a big ass truck that came from God knows where uh, the, the, the boxes come to the sword aisle. And then we grab a package, look at the label, then we decide what belt it needs to go on depending on what part of the country it's going to. You have to memorize what state goes to what belt. So you got a little bit of extra bread. I think it was like a buck 50 or something extra on your paycheck for being in the sword aisle. Um, but yeah, there's that, that, that lower sort of worker um, who's mostly part-time. There's rarely, there's barely any full-time guys in the warehouse. And then they have the drivers who make pretty a pretty good living. Um, they do a decent amount of OT, but hey, man, these guys work their fucking asses off. 
Um, there's just no two ways about it. And, you know, a lot of these cars don't have air conditioning. And it's just a lot of bullshit for a country company, a country, quite frankly, as, as rich as UPS. Um, and, yeah, I thought the piece was quite effective in laying what the stakes are with this next negotiation. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 really fascinating to to witness. I mean, we touched upon it briefly last year, one of the one of our shows, or maybe a few of our shows, the election within the Teamsters Union for mm -hmm. new leadership. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we covered it at the time. Obviously, the mean the main the media, the mainstream media doesn't cover doesn't that give kind a of thing. Fuck, right. You know, but it's it is the most like in terms of actual politics, meaning like actual politics, meaning like things that can actually have an effect on people's lives. I thought that I thought that, that was maybe the most important political story maybe hmm. of the year last year. I mean, it was the Teamsters, like you said, is one of the last kind of major Unions, they still have a lot of power, you know, they still have a lot of real actual power. And for decades, it was controlled by um, Jimmy Hoffa Jr., so Jimmy Hoffa's son, um, and who was just like a very kind of super cozy with the with the bosses, extremely super cozy, cozy with the bosses, super cozy with like the Democratic Party, kind of like, you know, just like <laughs> very, um, very kind of get along, you know, go along to get along, mm -hmm. not ruffle any feathers and, you know. And so, which, by the way, um, guys, sorry to cut you off, Nando. Like the reason why Nando is bringing that up, for those of you listening or watching who have never been part of a union, that is the opposite of what you need to be doing. They need to be scaring to, these people. Do you need to be scaring the shit out of management so that they don't try to get over? Because if they can, they absolutely will. They will overwork your ass and squeeze you to the bone, uh, and just kick you out. Chew you up, spit you out. That's what they fucking do. That's what they want to do, especially yeah. in today's game, right? Like back in the days, um, the overlords, man, and we say this all the time, but they really did. They had a, a, a slight sense of civic duty. Like, yeah, like, yeah, we're jerking these guys, but like, you know, we want these guys to have a decent but, but you know why they, You know why they had that was? Because there was 40% union density and they had mm. to have it. That's right. You know, they were forced to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was just more power. Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, in the, in the 1880s, they were like murdering workers. You know what <laughs> yes. I mean? It's just like, a, it's a question of power, you know, yep. um, you know, they behaved because they had to behave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so the idea that a union president would be cozy, not even just that you would be cozy with the bosses and the executives at UPS, but, that you would be cozy with the Democratic Party, who are basically middle management for capital. Like yeah. they that that's what they are. Like, like the, make no fucking mistake about it. They have no, there's no way to view them as anything else but capital's middle management class. Yep. Um, and I bring up that rail worker shit because it's just the clearest example where Joe Biden and the Democratic Congress step in on behalf of the corporation against the workers against their constituents period yep. you know yep. and so the idea that you would be cozy with the democrats as the president of the teamsters is disgusting <laughs> yeah and so yeah we so we talked about it last year the the election of this guy sean o'brien to be the new leader of the teamsters he's he was the leader of something called the uh teamsters for a democratic union which is kind of like a movement within the teamsters to mm. make it more democratic more rank and file uh mm. driven and things like that like you know so basically more left more progressive more you know aggressive uh, more confrontational um and when he won pretty handily 
I was like, shit, you know, like now it's on because it's on. Yeah. The, the UPS contract is the largest private sector contract in America, period. End of story. Like the, that's the biggest U, uh, private sector contract in America. In, in the piece that, that Alex Press wrote, I mean, it's fascinating because it shows just how much power lies within the union. UPS, 6% of America's GDP flows through UPS. Jesus Think about Christ. that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Of the entire economy. Okay. <laughs> like the, the entire talking about billions upon billions upon billions upon billions yeah. upon billions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's a work stoppage at CD uh, at, at UPS, that's that is a problem. 6% of the American economy that is just stopped. Mm. You know, that brings capital to its knees, you yep. know, really. I mean, they, they need that shit. They need the shit to flow. You know, that's the whole point. The shit needs to flow. So if there's a work stoppage and the, the, the date to circle on your calendars is July 31st, because that's when the contract expires, they're going to start negotiations, you know, in, in, for the next few months. And they're going to try to negotiate. Given the tenor of Sean O'Brien's campaign um, for the Teamsters president, it seems unlikely that, that they're going to accept whatever offer comes from UPS. So I think a strike seems pretty likely, which in that case, it'll be, I mean, really, it'll be like one of the most momentous things that's going to happen in America. Period. Period in years and decades. Um, The last strike was in 1996. It lasted like, I think like, you know, two weeks or something like that. And, you know, Bill Clinton had to fucking get involved and shit like that. Like, I mean, they have power to stop this shit. And that is the power that, that, that needs to be flexed in order to get what you need. So this is hundreds of thousands of workers. Again, the largest private sector contract in America. Um, it's it's um, it's it's going to be pretty interesting. And obviously, like you know, we'll we'll cover it, and I'm sure Jacobin will cover it, and, mm-hmm. and Alex Press has been on the labor beat for years. Like we'll cover it, but like you will not see this on CNN. No, you will not see this on Don Lemon's not going to cover this. No, no, no. Doing, he's going to talk no. about trans kids in sports, which. Don't get it twisted. Don't discriminate against the trans kids in sports, but goddamn, I mean, this might be this is pretty freaking important, right? Yeah. And I think, and I think the reason why, and maybe this is my conspiratorial brain at work here, Nando, but I think the reason why you won't see this covered, you know, or even if it is covered on CNN or even the liberal quote unquote MSNBC, we know it's not gonna have a worker's slant to it. It's going to have a corporate slant to it. And I think the reason for that is they don't want people thinking that this is the way. This is the way you get what you want. It's organizing. It's unions. Okay. This is the only way you get what you need from the bosses. They will not do it on their own. They will not do it out of the goodness of their heart. They will not do it because it's the moral or the right thing to do. They only do it by force, by militancy. Right. And so these guys and I love that they're doing press around it. Like, no, we're coming for these fools and we're ready to fight. And the, and the point of the union. Right. It's that not only is leadership getting you ready for this a year out, you know, like this summer, this 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 covered um, this piece. They she was embedded with them from last summer. OK, so they're getting ready for this a year out. What does that mean? The workers have time to do some belt tightening. They can put. Funds into the reserve, and this is what the union dues are for. If you guys have to have, hey, what's up, doggy? 
If you mm-hmm. guys have to have a prolonged work stoppage, there are reserved to help you and your family not starve and be kicked out onto the streets so that we can, while they are bleeding, and UPS's partners and clients are like, yo, what the fuck? End this strike. Get my packages back moving. You guys can withstand it, you know? And, and that's what's important. Like, it's hard to achieve this. Like, how do you have a strike by yourself? No, you, you're you know, powerless. This, this is the soft work shit. They were soft quitting shit. They was talking about it. That's that's what a single person striking is. It's soft quitting. <laughs> okay. Um. Th- there's no way to do this on your own. You know. And again, like a company as profitable and as rich as successful at UPS is, it's only that rich, successful, and profitable in so much as they have clients and business partners who depend on this good and service, okay? Um, and so, man, this is this this damn near brought a t- twinkle to my eye. Uh, the last time I was with my dad, who's also a union guy, um, I forget the name of the local, um, out in New York, but he was a maintenance guy. He was a foreman. Um, for this this huge the, the Barclays building in Midtown, and he told me, I was like, "Yo, I was like, yo, did you guys ever have to strike?" And I'm pretty sure it was 1996. They went on strike as well, and he was like, "I was charged up about that shit. <laughs> I was ready. We picking at that motherfucker." He said it lasted about two weeks, but he was like, "We was ready to fight these fools." You know, like he he the, the way he talked about it, like got him riled up. Like these people try to play with us. And yeah. so we had to get what was ours. And, and so I'm really happy, obviously, rooting for the Teamsters and the workers at UPS because, again, these cats work their asses off. Not just me, no. um, somebody who was a warehouse worker. The drivers work their asses off. No, and, and listen, you know, a, a unionized UPS, like the average unionized UPS worker makes about $100,000 a year. It's, it's a... You know, it's one of the last kind of uh, secure middle class jobs that you that can you have. don't need a college degree for. No, you don't need a college education. It's not like a white collar job, you know. But that's kind of how all the jobs were back in the day. I mean, they weren't literally a hundred thousand dollars, but they were the equivalent in, of just for inflation. Yeah, yes. You know, like you can live a decent and, middle class life on that wage. Yeah, and and like. The, the message shouldn't be like, oh, my God, they make so much money. Like, what are they complaining about? No, no, no. no. Like, it, it's, it should be like, no, we all should be making, you know, like, everyone should be making that, that much money um, for, for, for decent work, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, it's, it, it's, it's kind of interesting in, in the sense that, again, like, you know, obviously you're not going to hear uh, anything about it, but um, just the, the, the ability that they're going to have to really instill some damage. And it'll be interesting to watch the coverage of it when it does happen because they'll cover it once it does happen. And it's going to be interesting to see the tenor of that coverage. Nando, um, I can already see the Chiron. Are your yeah. packages late? Yeah, 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 yeah. I already know the tactic. It's like, it's yeah. going to get the viewer to be like, how are these UPS drivers screwing you? Yeah. Viewer, and I think it's consumer. It's worth just reminding people why this kind of thing is important and why this is what we always talk about. It's like actual politics is that politics is about who gets what in society. That's like really the fundamental question. There's a pie, there's money, you know, an economic pie. And politics is about who gets what in this society. And it's an eternal fight between capital and labor, you know, between the owners of, 
of you know the machines and the companies and the and the firms and all that stuff and the people who work for them in exchange for a wage right and the only way you know the capital has all the advantages they have the state they have they have more money they have a million things but what the only thing that labor has on in its advantage is strength in numbers and the fact that they have to do the work in order for the whole thing to 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 fundamentally work so mm-hmm. if there is a pie to be divided if there's profits and a union isn't fighting to get their share of the profits the owners are just going to put it in their pockets and that's mm-hmm. how it works. They're not going to give it to them. They're not going to be like, oh, it's Christmas. Let me give you a bonus. We've had such a good year from your no. blood, sweat, tears, and toil. Like, yeah, let's, we're, let's, let me just hook you up because you've been so diligent as a worker. Hell yeah. no. Hell yeah. no. No. By the way, that's how you know I'm in New York if you hear that siren yeah. in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I live in Venice, man. You know, you know, you never know. But uh, the um, but yeah. So that's I mean, that's like again something to watch out for. Again, Jacobin is obviously covering it. The Nation will be covering it, covering it, and basically no one else is going to be covering it. But yep. you know, just keep an eye out. July thirty first is when the is when the contract expires. Uh, you and know, they also, may come to an agreement beforehand, but but it's I think it's unlikely. Also, uh, you know, and the piece sort of touched on this, uh, the Teamsters are trying to unionize Amazon, which is something we've talked about on the show before. Like, the Teamsters unionizing Amazon, make no mistake about it, uh, Amazon would fight that thing with every single thing that they had. Uh, But if that were to happen, you want to talk about a game changer, that would be just astronomical. Um, Amazon, one of the most, you know, they employ... They're probably the U.S.'s biggest employer at this point. They're right there with Walmart and all of that shit. So um, that would be crazy um, if that could happen. But, yeah, keep in mind. But, yeah, Nando, there's not a news item that I wanted to touch on, but it's just a feeling that I get. You know, again, I I really wasn't politically sentient in 2002, 2003 on the run up to the Iraq war. Right. Yeah. Um, But people like you, because you told me you became radicalized behind uh, the Iraq war. But people that were there at the time, when they describe it, they was just like, this shit just don't feel right. Something's fucked up about how they're trying to sell this. Like, none of it makes sense. Why would we do this? None of their evidence is lining up. This just doesn't feel right. And I'm not saying we're going to, you know, get lied into a war with China. But, like, there's just this drumbeat in the media out of the Biden administration, the liberal Biden administration um, of this just anti-China rhetoric and this sort of posturing as if we're, you know, we're, 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 uh, we're, uh, we're not backing down to China, Nando. I just feel like that rhetoric is getting ratcheted up. And I'm just like, to what end? Like, what is the end here? You know, and fans of the Levitard show will remember, um, Dan's appearance on, um, uh, what was the, the rock HBO NFL show where he's like an agent of some shit. Ballers, ballers, um, and 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 Dan's in that scene with The Rock, and The Rock's name on the show was Spence, and and Dan goes, "What's the end game here, Spence?" <laughs> like <laughs> they used to always play that clip over and over and over again. Like, what is the end game here, Dan? Like they can't possibly think they can go to actual war 
with actual China. Like, that yeah. can't possibly be a thing. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the, the run-up to the Iraq war is crazy i mean i would love to watch like i would watch a a kind of docu-series that just did a tiktok of how it all went down because that time period in american politics sort of basically the day after 9-11 through the fall of, of 2003 is just the most insane period that you know like do you think the trump shit was insane that was more funny and obviously like yeah, there was no. bad stuff but like nothing to do like the, america went fucking crazy Mm -hmm. uh during that time i mean it was like fully fascist it was just like <laughs> you know like they didn't give a fuck you know like yeah. everyone the media like liberal media conservative media democrats republican everyone was fucking on like just in lockstep on board with bro like if you didn't support the war people were calling you a traitor Oh yeah, 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 like you absolutely. were committing treason if you weren't like you know waving pom-poms for all-out war yep no so so it was crazy. I mean, and, and, and you're right that like a lot of the China stuff is is, you know, reminiscent of that. I mean, it's like less kind of hot as that was because that was like just the passions were super high. But here's the thing you got to understand about China. In China, China you know, the, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, took power in China after a very long struggle and very long civil war in, in 1949. OK, in 1950, the first year of them, them being in power. China was one of the poorest countries on earth, okay? This was 80, 73 years ago, okay? In one guy's lifetime, they're about to pass the United States mm -hmm. in terms of GDP, okay? That's just like, it's worth remembering. China was one of the poorest countries on earth not too long ago. Um, and in a handful of years, it's going to be number one in terms of richest countries on earth, okay? It's going to pass the United States. That fact... That economic miracle, you know, because it is just an, an economic miracle, drives the U.S. power elite fucking crazy, you know? 
Which is and hilarious when, is because we made them rich. Partly. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, they were just smarter. That's it. Know? They were just like all of the like usually when it's so funny because like usually when we go in and extract value from from countries, like it's just this one way street where China was like, no, like. And 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 these fucking idiots, they're just so happy to get this cheap ass labor and these pro profit increases. They don't give a fuck at what cost at the time. They're just like, yeah, whatever, man. We'll teach you how to make fuck make a factory on your own. Yeah, we'll teach yeah. you how to make movies. We'll teach you what who gives a shit? We just want to sell shit yeah. to your billion people, you know. Yeah. Like they like all along the way, like China's just like, all right, you can do this, but we need X, Y, and Z. Like they got a lot of resources from us. We help yeah. build these people up 100%. Oh, and, and know how, yeah, like everything. Like a lot of, yeah. No, and, and so, you know, the, the, the China was just really smart. And because they have a strong central government and active central government that guides industrial policy and, you know, has an active role in the economy, right? Like the kind of standard thinking, both on, like, on the liberal side and on the conservative side in the West for the last 40 years has been like, Economic growth basically happens when the government just doesn't interfere as much in the economy, lets businesses kind of do their thing and whatever. The problem is that businesses have an incredibly short-term view of things. Like they need to just make next quarter's numbers. Yeah. And so anything that gives you a short-term sugar high is is good. You know, they're not thinking 20 years ahead. They can't, you know, like mm -hmm. they can dedicate like a small percentage of their budget to long-term planning. But for the most part, they need to make next month's quarters or their next quarter's uh, profit statement. Um Whereas a government, like in theory, should have a much more long term view, you know, kind of managed in the best interest of, of of the health of the overall society, not just like short term profit. And so China guided its industrial policy with that view in mind. They played the long game. They were just like, this, we're going to be rich if we just play this right, you know, um, and they but they basically allowed the Americans in and they were the Americans were just, you know, eating candy. It was like a sugar high. Like, they're like yes, 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 yes. But the whole time it was it was just making them sick, you know. Um, and now the patient is just diarrheaing all over the place, um, and China is just like fucking laughing all the way to the bank. Um, and that's basically what's going on: is that there's a there's definitely a sense of threat. You know, I've always said that psychologically for Americans, the day that China's GDP passes America's, you know. That's going to be a psychological <laughs> for those people. Yeah, yeah, low. for sure. It's yeah. like we're not the biggest swinging dick on the geo block anymore, and that, that that gets on our nerves. And that's fundamentally like kind of what's going on with a lot of this is like there's this feeling that China needs to be confronted because it's going to be the richest country in the world. It's going, you know, it has a more coherent state. You know what I mean? Like the United States. Is, is a shit show government like they can't do anything they can't do anything yeah. you know like nothing can be done like the china just like if they want to do something they just do only it. only thing they can you do know? is is build up funds for military shit yeah whatever that shit is <laughs> that's and it again, that's like, all our government you know, can be marshaled to do funds for military stuff yeah and it's like i don't like want to you know like obviously china you know doesn't have as many civil liberties as the united states which of is course. a great freedom that was won in the united states like that um and like all that's all that's 100% true. But in terms of the, the role of the state in the economy, like, you know, tip of the hat to the Chinese, like, my God, like, you know what I mean? Like these people were 
like incredibly poor when we were born was like when yeah. we and I were born, these people were like, yeah, unbelievably poor, you know, and now China is rich. Like you just go around China like there's still like poor areas, plenty of poor areas in the United States, too. But China is a rich country. Like it is a rich country with 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 a lot going for it. And it's only going to become richer and more powerful because, again, they figured out how to play the modern economy. They don't get involved in wars. They don't get they don't get involved like they just don't <laughs> like there's just Americans are convinced that like these Chinese are like violent, you know, kind of sadistic people. And it's like, man, when's the last time they fought a war the, or even a proxy war? Yeah, right. Nothing. Like like the shit that Saudi's doing in Yemen. You no, know what I mean? They like don't, they don't get involved in that. Where shit. is this or what we're doing in Ukraine where we're just clearly involved in that war? Like every like we're waving Ukrainian flags in the halls of our Congress. Like where is that happening in China? They don't, <laughs> like, that's they don't not get a involved. Thing. Yeah, it's not in their interest. They don't get involved. Like they so, don't get so involved. So this is this is what I wanted to ask you, Nando, because like this shit has been driving me crazy. Because I'm like, how could anybody buy that we could actually go to war or start a new Cold War, right? And just think about like if, if fuck the war on terror because that shit was just fake to begin with. Let's just talk about like well, it was fake and it wasn't in the sense that they were, like, we just kept on bombing the Middle East nonstop, right? Yeah. But we we didn't have an actual enemy. Like right. terror is a concept, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an idea, it's not a place, it's not a government, right? Um, so let's just talk about the Soviet Union, right? Where there's yeah. all this fucking red baiting, um, all these people always constantly getting, you know, accused of being communist spies, and we got the McCarthy shit and all of that. And like, let's just say we did a McCarthy era thing, but for China, we're gonna haul in the CEO of Apple. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like, well, yeah, I mean, these that's people the thing have is... direct relationships with the Chinese government, with the CCP, like directly. This is not indirect. This is hearsay. It's on the record. They have been partners with the Chinese government, American business. Like what? Like what? What are we talking about here? <laughs> it's one hundred percent true that the economies are just way too intertwined for there to be a for I think there to be a meaningful confrontation. Um, there's a, I mean, the thing is like the United States is like, is, is they're so short-sighted and they, they, they're very kind of, you know, they're just kind of like the bumbling empire in a way. Like they're, 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 they don't have a strategic, a sound strategic vision. Like, I mean, there's a world, you know, they're like freaking out about Taiwan, for example, you know, and they're Why? convinced that China's just going to, and like the, the cold realpolitik take on Taiwan should be like. You know, if they want it, they kind of got it. You know what I mean? Like, what are we going to do about it? Really? You know, like. And who are um, we that we get to say what happens in Taiwan? And like, I'm sorry for the look, man. I, I feel bad for the folks that live in Taiwan. From what I hear, it's a wonderful place. And those folks enjoy way more civil liberties than people do on the mainland of China. Salute. Like, I, I, I would love to see that continue for them. But at the same time. You know, uh, like, I don't see how this is any different than, like, you know, Mississippi. Like, <laughs> like, how could China tell us, like, oh, it's fucked up. You can't go into Mississippi and impose X. It's like, I don't understand that. Like, I like the Taiwanese thing just makes no sense to me. Like, well, long term, like, like, how long can we, like, pretend that we deserve to have influence in Taiwan? No, and it's it's just, 
it's more like I mean, it's it's a little bit like uh, Putin's war in Ukraine in that like, I mean, it's not it's one thing to say like I mean, obviously it's unjustified in a crime, you know, and a Chinese invade like a China invasion of Taiwan would be like insane and cr- and criminal and and wrong and whatever. Like I condemn it with all my my possible condemnation. That being said, like it's like the United States is, has to be like is supposed to be some sort of arbiter of, of moral you know clarity on these questions but also like the kind of enforcer of some sort of international law like the answer is no like that has failed time and time again not just and it's not like I, I hesitate to use the word failed but you know what I mean like on its own terms like it's failed like that yeah that always just ends up being like a death and destruction and no good comes of it like, what, what no does, good um, comes of it what does Danny call it liberal internationalism yeah li- li- liberal interventionism yeah, it's just like, bro, we suck at it. And, and this idea that, oh, we're going to go in there and we're going to do all of this good and our tanks are going to bring peace. And it's yeah, just like American strike. GIs are going to just, you know, they're going to bring the countries together. It's like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? How yeah. can that work? How can the army, how can be the army of the Marines or special forces be a force for peace in some country abroad that doesn't make sense their job is to kill yeah. <laughs> like that's the that's the whole reason for being it's the killing machine it, like yeah. I, I just don't understand it it's not a swiss army knife you know that can do multiple things like no it's 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 a hammer it's that not finds a precision nails. instrument yeah it's, it's not like a not. laser guided uh, no. surgery tool it's like it's like trying to yeah, do a heart transplant with like, like a hammer and a saw. You know, it's like that's not how this works. It's not the application. But yeah, I just it's just something that I just been noticing in media, and even some it's creeping into some of my normie conversations, where you know there's all this stuff about TikTok getting shut down, and I don't even know how true that is. Yeah, um, and, but, it's, and it's happening. It's happening because China has because China is closing off to a lot of American businesses, right? Like, I mean, Hollywood is the classic example. Like, I mean, they're. They're doing what's called in economics, like import substitution industrialization, meaning like they're building up their economy by basically blocking other people from investing with like the United States over many decades. What they do is they force countries to allow their capital to flow into those countries to own the productive enterprises within those industries. I mean, mm-hmm. the classic case is Co- Central just America. The, the colonialism writ large. Yeah. That's the That's the project. It's that's it's basically just a, a sleeker way of doing colonialism, right? Like it's like a more you know crafty way of doing it. But the classic example is like Central America and the Caribbean, where like you know the United States would just like they wouldn't like occupy a country. I mean, sometimes they did, but like that wasn't like their main target. It was just like, oh, we'll just own like all the good shit that you have, you know? Yeah, American private interests will be the ones that get to extract the value from your country. Yeah, and, and, and share like, in no, none of the profits that. with your people. Yeah. None of and China's like fuck off. Yeah, that's not you a can't thing. Do that. Yeah, like, well, like it's just it's just hilarious to me. It's just like just imagine there's like gold somewhere in California. Let's just say, and the biggest gold mining and manufacturing company was Chinese. Nope, like they're chi- a Chinese company gets to just come and dig gold out the ground. And take it out. And, keep, and take it out and keep the like. That, that, nobody would think that made sense. Nobody would think that a Chinese private actor should come in and extract the resources from 
an American state. Like nobody would think that made any sense. And yet we do that everywhere across the globe. And by the way, the United States did that in the 19th century with the UK, when the UK was the United States, right? Like before mm-hmm. the United States was the United States, the British Empire was was the United States. And, you know, there was a huge amount of, of diplomatic tension. And even some like like the War of 1812 was partly fought over this kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like the United States was like, no, we need to indus- like we need our own industrial revolution. Like you already have yours. Like we're blocking and we're creating high tariffs. You know what I mean? We build up high tariffs to, you know, to, to block cheaper British goods from coming into the United States. Um, and, you know, the profits going back in the other, in the other direction. And we're going to industrialize ourselves. Like, it's just, it's just like basic 101 economic theory. Although just ever since like, you know, the, the neoliberal era, there was this, this idea that just free market uh, around the world is good for the poor people. And it's just not like, it's no, just no, not. It's good it's, for the people who are already rich. We're poor. It's not good for it. It's not good for the pores. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to get into that, man. Um, make sure you guys subscribe to patreon.com backslash count the dings. We'll see you guys next week. Check out all our other count the dings offerings. Nando, thank you for your work today. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>